Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an awesome talk with Omega Waves' Tim Russbason. Uh, Tim and I get to sit down, and you know, obviously, coming from Omega Wave, we're going to talk monitoring. And we're going to start out talking about you know, the whole idea of needing to have an idea and a direction uh, that you want to go in when you start implementing anything when it comes to monitoring. And uh, this is really important, you know, and, and it's something that I think people get caught up in a little bit where they think, oh, we're going to start doing all this stuff and all these crazy things are going to happen, but they don't know how or what they're looking for or what they're planning. Uh, and those are obviously some key things. Uh, you know, Then we get into how communication is still key. You know, you need to talk to your athletes. You need to be able to, to see those, those visual signs of how they are. You need to be able to talk to them and, and, and figure out how their days are and, and how they're handling stress and what actually is going on with them. Not just run with the monitoring and let that indicate everything. You know, and, and getting into the idea of, of making decisions and changes, you know, you kind of need to pump your brakes a little bit before you start throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Looking at, you know, what the numbers are telling you and, and what directions you should take doesn't necessarily mean that you need to sit there and take everything you were doing and scrap it and start over. Uh, you know, and then... Really, the biggest thing with all of it is normalizing the data and understanding that you're working with an N of one, and you guys have heard me and, and other people say that, and Tim talks about that too, and uh, understanding that changes for them may be different for changes for you, and that each kid will adapt and have different changes and fluctuations based on whatever stressors are occurring. So, you know, normalizing the data is super important. And then the whole idea of the cost of adaptation. And this, this is something that, I, to be totally honest, I had no idea about until I got involved with Omega Wave. And Tim does a really good job explaining it and talking about it and, uh, and getting, you know, getting it a little easier for people to wrap their minds around because it is something that is a little, a little difficult. At least it was for me, uh, to be totally honest, when we first started using the system to understand what, what this whole thing was. Um, he really does do a great job communicating that here. So, hope you guys enjoy the talk as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Tim, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Hey, well, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so, obviously, you know, being a coach and then moving into a, a different realm, uh, now being really immersed in the monitoring world, how about we start talking uh, about you know, some things that you've seen, you know, some, some pros and cons, some goods and bads, um, and some things that coaches can take home right away here from the talk. Um, you know, I, I think that the most common uh, problem that people run into is maybe getting a little ambitious when they start spending money with buying these new systems. I mean, everyone wants a new toy to play with. I mean, we just had Christmas, so everyone's excited. They, But I think you need to have a plan before you start going and doing anything. You know, you can't just say, oh, MegaWave's great and these people are using it and they're using it well and then, you know, say we need to have this or it could be Catapult, it could be whatever. Um, you really need to know, A, is it going to make me a better coach? You know, what is it telling me? If you, you know, buy a system, you don't know what it's telling you. I mean, you could take that time if you have the ability. Some people are put in a situation where they can get a system and, and just see what it tells them before they even start utilizing it and that's often great. But, I mean, if you're working in college athletics, you need results immediately. So, I mean, that's, that's just one example. But, 
you need to have a plan and have a clear idea of, of what it's going to tell you and is it going to make you better at your job. Um, I, I think a lot of people just assume that it's, it's you know, system A, B, or C is going to make them a better coach. And often, you know, I, I think Hank said this at his first talk at your Omega Wave, uh, or the, sorry, not Omega Wave, at the, uh, the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, um, was that it can, Omega Wave, just as an example, can make a, a good coach better, or it can make a mediocre coach just as mediocre. Uh, something along those lines is that if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to provide you with misleading information or it might provide you with information overload where you just don't even know where to start. Um, so, or even say you, you know what you're going to use and you, you buy, you know, Catapult, Omega Wave, you know, what, Polar systems, you buy all this stuff at once and you try to, to work all of these systems together starting from scratch. Um, I, I think there's a learning curve for each device and if you try to get a little bit too ambitious, you get overwhelmed and then you start to think that you know maybe what you're doing is wrong because you don't even know how to look at the data to begin with. Um, so you can run yourself into your own problems because you're rather than coaching and, and using this to, to make those changes, you become you know, like an IT support person trying to troubleshoot problems that you're having with the systems itself. So, um, and I think, you know, the, the good things that you can do with it is, um, you know, there's very simple solutions to, to some problems that you might have. You know, Microsoft Excel, everybody has that. If you work at a you know, university, you have your own computer, you have Microsoft Excel. It's an incredibly powerful tool that you can utilize, you know, even taking, um, like wellness surveys and then plotting that over time, seeing, you know, you, you know what your workouts you do, so you can plug all that in there, find correlation of just, you know, what you're already doing without throwing in, you know, a couple thousand dollar system. Um, you know, so there's very simple solutions. You can get polar heart rate straps. I mean, they're dirt cheap nowadays on Amazon and, um, you can use those very effectively with your training. Um, and you know, so you, you sometimes you don't have to shoot for the moon on your first try. I mean, you can just right. utilize your your budget where you can and effectively. And then once you start, you know, figuring out what you need next, that way you can make that decision. All right, this would really help me if I had this system, you know, because this is what I want to look at. You know, so you need to have like a clear idea of where you want to go um, and and how you're going to use it. <clears throat> okay, so now a coach has an idea. And they, they know where they want to go. So let's talk about some people that you're working with now. And let's talk about some things that people are doing well out there. What, are, uh, what do you see out there when it, when it comes to this realm of whatever we want to call it now, high performance or um, I think that people don't surprisingly talk to their athletes enough. You know, they don't know what's going on in their personal lives because – the, the everyday stress of what if you're a student athlete, so like exams and um, like personal stuff, so like relationships, maybe they they break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, stuff going on at home, financial issues. I mean, all of that's going to have a huge effect on how you you your body performs, you know, your functional state. Um, so if you don't talk to your athletes and know what's going on, like how can you try to figure out what's the cause of what you're seeing to begin with? Uh, when I was up at Michigan Tech under Tommy, um, we would just talk to our athletes before we started, you know, they're rolling out, warming up, all that. And 
um, you could probably get a pretty good picture of as soon as they walk through the door before you even talk to them just based on body language, you know, what's outside their norm. Are they being less talkative than normal? Are they, um, are they just being like quiet? Do they just look, you know, like their body, head down, you know, shoulders slumped? I mean, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like you could get a good picture and, and maybe make those changes in your head before even talking with them. Now, um, I think Chris Morris and Eric Coram, what they were doing at Kentucky was incredible. I mean, you, the, if you haven't read it for people out there, the dissertation, the, the fluid periodization model, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's some groundbreaking stuff. Uh, I mean, utilizing Omega Wave to make those changes on the fly, I mean, that's, that's the big challenge, you know, is performing in, in competition. And, and as a strength coach or, you know, high-performance coach, um, sometimes you don't know really what you can change and what you have the power to change. Like, you have this plan that's great on paper, but then when you get in the season, there all these wrenches are thrown in left and right, injuries and travel schedules and exams and whatever else might be going on. And, and, you know, can you make those modifications to make sure that they can just go out and play when it matters? Um, so, so incorporating, making those minor adjustments based on the individualized data help them, you know, be very successful. So that high performance model where you look at all the pieces together and make sure that you're making the changes when they need it, not just based upon what you think is going to happen, um, it is a really, really strategic tool um, for any coach, whether or not it's um, you know football players, basketball players. I mean, the travel schedule that you guys have with basketball, it can be insane sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, like, and, and we know that travel is one of the hugest effects on the athlete readiness because uh, you think about the quality of sleep they're going to get in the hotel. You think about um, just sitting and traveling for a long time. I mean, that that burns you out even though you're not doing anything. Um, so you can maybe optimize that whole process. You know, So finding those changes, looking at the, the big picture is, is the key. Um, and then you know, I, I think don't try to change everything at once, no matter what you're doing. People love to get trigger happy and they say, oh, you know, I got all this data. I know that this, this, and this is going wrong. And I know that you know, we could these people, they changed this and this, and they saw this uh, result. But you know, each person's going to respond differently to a change. So you need to see what's going to happen before you try to change an- another thing. Really, you know, if it's something like you're changing their diet, or like food after practice, or protein shakes, or you know, if you're supplementing something different, you want to see maybe that's what you need. If you want to change the the type of training that they're doing, you know. You really want to see what what's going to happen after you do it. You can't just go and do all of it at once because then you don't know what caused what result. You know, so it's it's not as straightforward when you do that sort of uh, modification. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. And it's it's a matter of understanding that. I think the other thing that you need to be ready for is you're going to think you have a lot of answers when at the end of the day. You have a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. And when you think you have an answer, you need to be ready for that answer to be the thing that has you dog cussing something in the back of your office because it just freaking worked last week. Why didn't it work this week? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Not that you witnessed any of those ever, but um, 
but yeah, you know, it, because I think that people, I think saying trigger happy is a very good term. I think that people get like that a lot. I think they get really ready to say, oh, we've got all this stuff and we just need to look at everything and just dive right in and blah, 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 because it says A, B, or C. But the other thing people need to remember is people are people. So there are some people who are just going to be X, where there are some people that are just going to be Y. So taking time to, to normalize the data is almost as important as just initially collecting it. So how about you touch upon that for a little bit so that people can kind of understand really the process that kind of we went through, um, I'll say accidentally, um, <laughs> but we, we kind of did, you know, we're, we might have taken too long, but that's neither here nor there. You live and you learn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so normalizing data uh, is this, this pretty interesting concept where you look at the individual athlete, I think as you like to say, the N of one versus the teams. And then, you know, one of the things that you can look at is, you know, some people's bodies just run different ways, whether or not some people are more parasympathetic naturally. And oftentimes, uh, I'm sure you could attest to this is like when you see an athlete that's like, they're very reserved and quiet and, you know, they can still go out there and perform and it matters. But like when you look at their Omega Wave data, like more often than not, they're just very parasympathetic all the time. And over time, you start to realize that maybe that's just normal for them. And you would always think to try to change and make it so you bring them back into the norm. That's the norm for everybody. But maybe that's not the norm for them. Maybe that's their, their, you know, their 10 on the scale of 1 to 10 is, is this value that might be suboptimal for somebody else. So... You have to figure out, all right, athlete A and athlete B are eating this versus this. All right, well, let's look where were the, what was their average like for like last year as a whole? You know, like what what did they look like, you know, as over time, whether or not that's in training period, whether or not it's in season. Let's look at what happened to them and, and how they performed. So you have performance markers. Uh, when, when we were working together, we looked at vertical jump data and sprint times and, and their lifting data. And, you know, we compare all that to Omega Wave. And, you know, over time, you, you start to figure out, I mean, they're still setting PRs. So obviously, they're not really suboptimal. Or, I mean, obviously, there's room for improvement. But at the same time, it's, you know, you can't argue with, with facts. You know, they're, they're playing very well. They're, they're breaking PRs. They're, you know, just a monster when it comes to, like, numbers in the weight room. Mm -hmm. And, but maybe Omega Wave saying that they're, they're, you know, super parasympathetic and where they're just depressed. So rather than being a green, they might be like Amber, you know, but could just be one or two of their systems is just normally outside of that, that norm. And, and so that's normal for them. So you can start to look at that individual changes. And then with that, you know, when you start to see these norms for an athlete that's more individualized, you can see those, those changes that are, might be flags for, for them. So rather, you know, if they're constantly, let's just use that parasympathetic example, if they're constantly parasympathetic, you can see those minor fluctuations for them that might be outside of their norm. And that's when you, you say, all right, well, what's going on here? You know, so rather than they're always flagged because they're always parasympathetic, you say, all right, well, it's outside this kind of normal range for them. That's when I need to start making those adjustments. So, you know, as an individual, 
how you should expect him to respond and, and what should normally happen based on you know X, Y, and Z because that's, that's what they've done for two years' worth of data. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it's outside of that and it's, all right, well, this, is, this doesn't make sense, so let's go figure out what happened. And, and then that's when you, you can individualize for each individual athlete. Um, now, it might be more difficult if you're working with like a football team, you have 90 guys. Um, I don't think that that would be a one-person position to be able to sit there and go oh, through no. every athlete. Um, but, you know, you have the advantage where you're working with, what, 15 guys at a time. And, and while it's still very time-consuming, I mean, I remember sitting there for a couple hours, uh, you know, a week at least, just plugging in the numbers, let alone looking at what they were saying. So, you know, it becomes very time-consuming if you really want to individualize it. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, that's what's important. You know, you want to make sure you're giving them what's best for them, right. not, you know, that that not what just what's best for the team as a whole. Right. Um, and just piggybacking back a little bit or just backtracking. There are ways to tell if these systems are quote their norm versus whether they actually are in a state where it's they're they're stuck. Right. So it's not just like there aren't steps to take to make sure that player A is just like this. It's, you know, because if you start and they've already started, yeah, if they're coming overtrained, right? Yeah, then like, it is what it is, right? And you need to handle that accordingly. Um, but once those things have been identified and mm-hmm. eliminated, is that the word? I don't know, but you know what I mean, right? Like those, the, the we know those aren't issues. Um, right now, um, to throw a plug for Kevin and Coach Me Plus, what we have is like five-day rolling averages to 10-day rolling averages with uh, resting heart rate. Um, gosh, I can't even remember what the reading is, but your parasympathetic, your, your HRV score um, mm-hmm. and omega tree weighted versus the trim score from practice weighted versus their questionnaire to give us our own like combo red, amber, green um, for the day. And then when when those things are not ready to go, you know, if there's been big changes, then we go back and we have a, a sub-menu where it's, yeah. it shows us where the changes are and then we can go from there. Um, I think the advantage of that system for your guys especially or, or anybody is that you're going to have athletes who are always going to say that I'm good to go and their leg could be broken, and they're like, you, you know, put me on coach, you know, like, right. and then you're gonna have guys who, like, let's say if we're using a scale of one to five, they're gonna show up as a two every day because maybe they're, they're a little bit of a baby, you know, like, yeah. they just they don't know what they can really handle, and they think that everything's the end of the world, and so, but if you once you normalize it, you know, like, all right, well, say every day there are three because they just always think that that's where they're at, then that's when you can see, all right, well, they put a one today. Let's figure out what, you know, so that way you can individualize it too and then figure out, hopefully, I mean, wellness surveys are so subjective and a lot of times they just want to, you know, they want to give the impression that they're good to go because they think that it might affect their playing time or whatever it might be, but it, it'll at least help you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think... Well, and I think too that like how we established it with that aspect is that we said, well, the days that they are who they are, whether you're just an Eeyore and it's, you're just going to put that you're a 10 out of 
you know, 25, or you're a wannabe soldier and you put you're a 24 out of 25. The days you put that are the days they probably don't even think about it. There's like, a, I'm a 3 3 3 4 4. Yeah. You know, the days that they think about stuff and there's changes, well, now those are the days that there's conversations to be had. Because if right. they're actually going to, if they're just the same and they just throw their stuff in and it's just mm-hmm. like, then they're the same. Then that's just who they are. You know, I mean, that's just who the person is. It's just like, yeah, I'm me. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the whole idea of the N of one and normalizing the data and understanding that people need to be, um, be looked at as what they are is really important. Like with all of this, yeah. you know, even, even like we have a general training load that we look at for practice, um, because we found just, you know, correlations with performance and, and numbers going over with like team stuff. Uh, the next thing that we're looking at now is, is just like individuals and like load per minute, like what are averages with that versus what are they, their uh, RPE scores based on it, you know. So understanding what the normative expenditure for one of these student athletes is, is the next step so that we know, you know, coming in, was yesterday's practice hard, you know. Like we practiced yesterday, was yesterday's practice hard for this kid if it was how are we going to change the training you know yeah Um, and I think if you can even facilitate that conversation with the athlete uh, you can even look at it as a benefit to you because you can build that trust so you say you know like if they just normally go through the motions and you know you don't say anything because that's they're going through the motions and that's when they they make that they think about it they make the change and you go you know is everything good they maybe figure out that you care and hopefully when they, that happens, they, they start to buy into it a little more because they figure, oh, you know, he wants me to, you know, you can explain that you want to help them perform at their best level. And, you know, once you get that trust, I mean, Chris Morris said it best. I mean, if they don't, you know, if you don't, the athlete doesn't trust in your decision making or, or think that you're there to help them and, you know, I, they're not going to care and then it's not going to matter. Right. Right. And still at the end of the day, you're going to have kids that. Yeah. They just don't care. I mean, that's, right. that's. People. Yeah, it, uh, totally. And they're a little big for their britches, especially for where they are, you know? So, I mean, it's because somebody who is a pro or is a superstar acts one way, they think that that's how they're supposed to act. And it's. I think it'll come back to bite them in the butt eventually, too. Yeah, so. It's just the unfortunate um, commonplace that is turning into this, this world we live in. Um, so then moving forward, let's talk about what we do with the data and how we can then look at this stuff and interpret it and, and changes that can be made. Um, you know, you brought up Chris and Eric and what they did with that paper. and mm-hmm. um, I put that below, Eric, uh, excuse me, put that below on uh, Chris's talk. I can repost it again. I'm fine. With, I have no problem doing that. I mean, it's things real. Um, you should read it if you haven't, but let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you've been coast to coast over the pond a few times, but let's talk about some things people are doing well. Let's, let's talk about, you know, when they're looking at their data, what are some things that people are doing to help their kids get better? Um, uh, I mean, you can utilize the, the system or at least if we're looking at a mega wave, um, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you can look at like our data, 
Um, like you could take an assessment in the morning, like say like 20, 30 minutes after you wake up and you can look at, you know, how well did you recover from the previous day, whether or not it's workout, stresses of work, traveling, whatever it might be. You could see the effect of the cumulative day, um, which can be beneficial because you might, you know, say, all right, I might not train today because I'm still shot. Um, or you could say, oh, wow, you know, like I only got six hours of sleep and, you know, my CNS is still really depressed. So you can kind of look at it that way. Um, you can take it right before you train, uh, which is really beneficial to making modifications. Because um, I know one of the things that we saw when I was there at Richmond was that, you know, the kids who came in at 8 a.m. for a lift versus like 4 p.m. in the afternoon after sitting in class for four to six hours was that more often than not, their CNS was shot because you know, sitting there and trying to focus. And I mean, Richmond's not an easy school, you know, yeah. so to speak. I mean, you really have to work. And those guys do, you know, they work to get the grades. And I mean, that has a, there's a biological cost to sit there and focus. And and so, you know, you, if we didn't have that data, we might not have made some of those changes, which at the end of the day, it might not have had an effect. But at the same time, there might be more risk to doing some of that, you know, like maybe if you're doing explosive stuff when your CNS is in a state of fatigue, not the best idea. So you can utilize it in that sense to make sure that you're giving them what they need. And then the, the last one would be, you know, after training, you could see how they responded to a workout and then maybe figure out what recovery protocols might be best for the athlete. You know, if they're really sympathetic, you might just want to have them do light tissue massage or roll out. Or, you know, if they're running chronically parasympathetic, you might have them do the contrast bath or, um, you know, like deep tissue massage, you know, it can, it can change. So, um, it's like one of the things is, is knowing what you're seeing with the data and then, you know, have a plan, you know, if we see this, you know, do we back off in the weight room a little bit, you know, pull back or say cut reps or take out the last set. Um, so making those modifications, you know, based upon, Maybe what your athlete's telling you, you know, if you're using Omega Wave, if you're using wellness surveys, um, based upon polar data, like if some athlete A versus athlete B, like if you're if we're talking about load per minute, you know, if one guy is running twice the load per minute as the other guy, because maybe he's not fit enough, or maybe, you know, he's just in a state of fatigue for one reason or another, and so his body's just having to work that much harder to keep up with everybody else. I mean, that can tell you something in its own. Um, I think Kevin at Coach Me Plus uh, had a great uh, example. He talked about, you know, pre and post body weight. You know, that's something very simple that you can do to look at, you know, are you giving them what they need after practice, hydrating them enough, or are they maybe even doing too much? Um, so no matter what you're looking at, you need to f maybe have a plan. I mean, as as you know, it's you can have a plan, but it's never going to run right. exactly according to plan. But at least that gives you options, so that way you can think about all right. This is what I would have done um, based upon seeing this. All right, so maybe I have to make this kind of minor change to that. You know, so right. um, it, it really depends on what data you're looking at that gives you the option of how you can change it. You know, if you're just looking at um, vertical jump data, you know, like say you, you take a vertical jump before lifting every day um, or once a week, whatever it might be, and you see that drastic decrease, all right, is it because they're fatigued from just volume of practice and train, like traveling, or is it just their CNS? I mean, so like talking with them, seeing how they feel, do they just feel groggy? You know, if they, if they have that, like, uh, like I 
didn't wake up well. I mean, maybe that's probably their CNS is just like that wakefulness isn't there. So like you might just need some sort of, you know, explosive activities to get them, you know, up and moving. You, you could, you know, so it, it really depends on the situation, but you really have to know what you should see and then like what it's probably telling you, you know, whatever you're right. using. Yeah. Um, so like the, you have to understand what the normal information for that person was to begin with. Exactly. I mean, this is where, you know, I I hate to say this, but like if you don't understand the basic principles of training, you know, like you're not going to be able to use any system effectively, you know, and a lot of people think that, you know, I'll take a a Megawave, for example, is like that's going to tell them everything they need to know and that they're going to be able to do everything. And, And that's not something that we would ever claim is that it's a piece of the puzzle and it'll help you. But it's not, you can't just say, all right, I have this assessment data for my athlete, you know, what do I have to do next? Right. Never, ever are you going to be able to do that. I mean, if you, you need to know what they did the day before, you need to know what type of training, like if you're just working with them in a weight room, or what type of sport athlete are they doing, say it's high school swimmer, maybe they swim for a club team and their high school team, so they're doing two-a-day practices with a ton of volume. I mean, if you don't know that, I mean, you, how are you going to make the change to what you're doing? I mean, it's so you you have to know the big picture in order to really make the best decision, regardless of whatever you're doing. Right, and so going back, you you have to have a a baseline to understand what the individual is. Yep. You have to understand just a general needs analysis of the sport, or as as Keir said, um, you know that that postcard idea, where you know what either. You do well, or people that play your position in your sport do well. That separates them, and then you kind of need to know just a a general needs analysis of the student athlete or the the athlete. I mean, not everybody works in college. Um, you know, of the athlete in general. You know, if 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 you know that a kid is not very good with their aerobic stuff, you know, maybe they're a person that you just you know, their fitness is what their weak point is. You know, maybe if they come back on a day and it's it's telling you maybe today's not the day to go, but today's a fitness day, and they usually come back the next day after they don't go for the, the lifting or jumping or speed or agility or whatever is the next day, well, maybe you should spend your money today anyway and get that money back tomorrow because, I mean, now, not, not saying that, that works out 100% all the time, but just saying that where do you need to make the investment or, you know, or right. is it a kid that like, it, it doesn't matter, you know, like they're not good at this, but it doesn't matter because either a sport or B how they play the sport. Mm-hmm. So do you even need to, if today's a day where it says to back them down, is it just an easy day to back them down? Because yeah, it you know, it doesn't I, matter. You know, I think you, a, a great concept to understand is the cost of adaptation, and I think when when people talk about Omega Wave, you know, they think, all right, it says that my speed and power is down. I'm not going to be able to go out there and perform speed and power workout. You know that that's not true at all. I mean, you could abs- you could possibly even go out and set like a, a PR for yourself mm-hmm. for whatever type of movement if it's explosive when you're in that fun- that decreased functional state, but you're going to have to pay a hell of a lot more when it comes down like. For that activity, and so more often, athletes think that's like you know they they don't want to use or they stop taking assessments because it might be telling them that they're always you know 
suboptimal. They're always in the yellow or red for some stuff. And they say, oh, you know, it's, it's telling me I'm bad. I'm not going to be able to perform. And then they, you know, mentally they kind of check themselves out because it's saying that. But it's, it's no, like you're going to get to a point, like you can still go and train. Like if you have a competition, absolutely. Like that's what matters. You're training for competition. So, right. you know, no one's ever going to tell you to not go out on the court because your megawave rating's low or, you know, your wellness survey sucks. You're not going to go out and play. Um, but you just have to understand it's like we might have to think about this a couple weeks from now or a couple months from now or halfway through the season when you start hitting that wall because you keep going and going and going without letting your body catch back up. I mean, that just puts you, it sets you up for failure, puts you in that position where you risk blowing your ACL or, you know, whatever it might be. It, that's, you or have to just think about the risk. Like shit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you could just suck. Like, I mean, like, like let's not. Let that go so far as to say you can blow your knee out, which, you know, I mean, no one would ever wish that on anybody. Like, you know, but injuries happen. But if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, because you just say, I'm I'm better than the machine or this is wrong or I feel fine. You know, eventually you you are going to run out of gas. Yeah. You know, I mean, cars break down and they're made out of steel. Like people ain't steel, man. Like, like there's times you got to pump your brakes. and, And I think that like. Everybody needs to understand that the hierarchy goes competition, everything else. Like nothing else really matters. Yep. We need. To I think. I think Yosef said it best. It's like the the CTC. You know, cut the check. Yeah. You know, like did you win the championship? That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. Just win the games. And yeah. Now, do, is all that other stuff important? Of course it is. But if you're beat up and it's telling you, you know, today may not be the best day to do explosive activities with your with with one of your athletes that doesn't mean you can't do it that just means that you might not be able to float that bill and you got to pay for it with a credit card now what we do and and you've been a big part of us moving to this direction is depending on the guy not all of them but depending on the guy for example one of them senior today practice yesterday was a bear like yo man so how we're coming in today based on all that you want to cut the reps by a third or you want to lighten the weight up i'll just cut the reps and by like you know two or three cool feel it out man if that feels good keep going if if you get going for a bit and you're like oh man this stuff this this just feels heavy all right you know what then flip it just let me know. You know, like, like some of these kids need to understand that they need to make some of those decisions, you know. And- you know, that's what I loved about the 20s because uh, when I was working with Matt up there and, and, you know, we had some smart athletes. I mean, we're talking, right. you know, Michigan Tech, what people don't realize is that, like, number two engineering school behind MIT. And yeah. so we're mostly working with engineers there. And there's, there's kids who get into MIT that don't get into Michigan Tech. I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of crazy. So, like, we could talk about and explain how the system worked. And it's like if you're tired – and say your your plan today is to hit twenty, and you can only hit seventeen. Like, great, do that. You know, like that's yeah. that's probably if your body's telling you to stop, then stop. Like it's simple as that. Um, you know that whole mentality of you know oh like your body tells you to stop, you need to do five more reps. Like, and there's there's a right. there's a time and a place. But if we're looking at the big picture when you're trying to just like say you know we're three months out, more often than not, you know it's let's do this right. Let's make right. let's give our body what it's ready for. You know, now if we're talking like this is like your hell week, 
where they're just going to get the crap kicked out of them so that they understand what they're, they're in for, or, right. you know, get them ready, the mentality. Okay. That, that, that might be another story, but you know, that like the autonomy of that whole system, like once they understand how they can make those changes, like you said, like maybe it might be volume or, I mean, we were doing one set, so obviously it changes things a little bit, but they could make that decision on their own. And more often than not, we saw really, really good, you know, effects from that. Right. And the results spoke for themselves. I mean, we, the record board, we crushed a ton of records. I mean, putting up numbers that are like offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, it, it's yeah. crazy, some of the stuff that we saw up there. But it's because they understood it. And so they, they took some of that work out for us. When we were working with 100 guys, you know, mm-hmm. it made it easier for us to do that. And, and most situations, you don't have that, you know, that understanding. But you, you have to be able to to make that call, like you said, where it's, we can do this or this because you're, you're obviously not feeling it today. Let's make sure that we're not doing, we're not putting ourselves more in the hole. We're not digging our own grave here. Right. Because at, at the end of the day, they got to be, guys got to be ready to play Sunday. And it's, yep. you know, we can go and do what we need to do. And we, can, we can get in what we need to get in. But that might be different for one or two guys as opposed to the whole team. You know, it's, and again, it's not like you have to make, massive adjustments to to all sorts of different people you know with our with it so like our young cats today there were three guys that it's like practice was obviously a bear for you last night so let's feel it out one of them got moving said he felt great he's like i want to go today all right there you go take the leash off and the puppy can go run around in the yard you know uh one of them the first time he picked the bar up i was just like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, it was one of those days yeah. where it was like, no, like, my gosh. And I'm like, how'd that feel? And you get one of those, like, looks <laughs> where it's like, if you turn yeah. the lights off, they just pass out face first right into the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, good grief. All right, well, let's just kind of feel it out today. And uh, let's not be too crazy. Um, but it is, you know, I, I, I've said this before, and, I, and I'll say it again. You know, Da Vinci was an artist and he, he was a scientist. You know, it was, uh, it, you got to be able to, to, to wear both hats, you know, even even though there are so many things that can draw you in, in a great direction. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that we both would agree on you need to, you need to be, you know, able to be mobile with your programming, you know, and, and make those changes. But you also have to have a specific direction and understand that, you know, in the weight room, we're still kind of like the third step. So if you got a kid and they need to go spend more time shooting free throws than doing dumbbell bench, then they need to spend more time doing shooting free throws. Yeah. Um, so it's it sucks, but that's just that's just the way it works. So yeah. it's um, an ideal situation would be the head coach, strength coach, athletic trainer, whoever, they all work together and they say, you know, but everyone's kind of here, like maybe practice, we need to cut it 15 minutes today, you know, or maybe we don't do this today because that's not going to work out well. If, if you think that Friday is that important or like, you know, maybe they compete on Friday and if, if we want them to perform well, like this, this, and this might not be great ideas, but you know, it's, it's still their call at the end of the day. Right. But having that conversation is, you know, like, that's the best way to really handle it, but sometimes, fortunately, that doesn't always happen. Oh, no, you know, no. it's and it's so, yeah, like you said. Sometimes they need to go and and practice shooting, and and 
I mean, there's only one thing that really matters in, in basketball, and that's that's buckets, right? I mean, yeah. it's you know, so if, if they can't make a bucket, then it doesn't yeah. matter if they can bench 450. Yeah, stop some buckets. That's really it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and it's. I think that um, understanding too that there's just sometimes that you you gotta go. You know, I mean, no matter what, like if 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 people need to learn something, they need to learn something. If if there's a time when you need to to kind of grind with the kids, you need to grind with the kids a little bit, you know, and it's as much as I hate that term, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of the reality of the situation. But Tim, I think this has been an awesome talk, man. And I think there's a ton of great information that hopefully can help people get their, get their mind wrapped around some, some things when it comes to, uh, to just looking at what they're doing with their kids and how they can handle them a little better. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate you having me. Um, you know, for, for anyone out there listening who hasn't been to Jay's seminar, uh, you know, I, I can't stress enough how great of an opportunity it is for you. I mean, I, I, I met two people who were my bosses after working for you, both at that seminar. You know, whether or not it was backpack years, I mean, we're talking grad position that got me, you know, went up to grad school, helped me pay for my master's, and then, you know, the eventual job at Omega Wave. I mean, we're talking networking. You have some of the best coaches in the world, you know, it's presenters. I mean, you're talking, you know, you, you have your Hank Krasinovs, your Bondarchuks. I mean, you can't really get much better than that. And, you know, if you haven't been to Jay's seminar, you, you got to check it out. I mean, now we're, you're doing the deal where you stay on campus and you got food. I mean, can't really beat that, you know. So uh, if you, you should really, you should come to the seminar uh, I'll be there. Uh, I'm I'm a Richmond local, so you know we can talk Omega Wave. Uh, you know, they're, they're Ben Peterson is has talked in the past. Catapult's always there. Coach Me Plus. I mean, we're talking the best companies and and okay, that might be a little biased. Some of the best companies in sports. Uh, you know, we're always there showing up and, and representing. And you know, if you're thinking about buying a system, uh, I'll also plug our our, our website OmegaWave.com. You know, if you haven't, you've probably heard about us a ton on, on Jay's podcast, but, you know, uh, feel free to check us out. Uh, you can always uh, put my, Jay, you can put my contact email. If you guys have any questions about Omega Wave, feel free to give me a shout. Uh, I, I'm here to answer any kind of questions you might have. You're thinking about getting it for your school, your team, you know, just for yourself. Uh, you know, feel free to hit me up. Yeah, and it, it's it's a great system. It'll It'll make you... It'll make you learn, that's for sure. It'll make you have some patience, and it'll make you it'll make you do better things. And it, yeah, it really you know, has. I I I think you said it during the the talk earlier is that you know often if you get a new system and you're a good coach, you, you end up getting a lot of questions, maybe mm -hmm. than answers. But I think those questions, when we were working together, we we found some pretty good answers from those questions, you know, and and so. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Omega Wave, both working for the company, but as a user. And before I even, mm -hmm. you know, knew when I was working for you, I mean, I thought it was the coolest, cooler than sliced bread. I mean, so it's it's uh, great, man. It really is, and it's it's helped us a bunch. And I appreciate the kind words about the seminar, man. I, I really do. And it's uh, we're gonna start announcing speakers really soon. Um, I look forward to that. Yeah, uh, we might actually drop the first one this Wednesday. So. Yeah, it's July's coming, folks. Hopefully, we see you here in the good old RVA. Um, it, it's going to be insane, July fifteenth and sixteenth. Timmy, thanks again, man. We'll catch uh, thanks, up real Jay. soon. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Again, great thank you to Omega Waves, Tim Russ Basin, for coming out and spending some time with us today and talking 
talking monitoring. Um, guys, Timmy uh, obviously was a, my assistant here. Uh, he's been involved with the seminar really almost since the inception, uh, both as a coach and now through Omega Wave. Um, so I'm really happy to have had him on and to be able to talk about monitoring and the tech and, and other just general monitoring ideas, you know, to, to help people start to figure this out a little bit better. Hope you guys enjoy the talk because if always, you know, leave your comments and questions below. Uh, as like Tim said, he, he's a Richmond local. So if you got questions or comments or anything you want to bounce off him, leave them below. He'll get right back to you guys. And as always, guys, you know, thank you for being part of this. We'll be back next week with another great guest here on the podcast. Yeah.